All right, y'all want to know about KJ? Okay. Let's talk about KJ Jefferson. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Tuesday as uh, there are a lot of things that we're going to get into today that are going to be pretty fun and enjoyable. We're going to do a little bit more of a football side of things too because at least at the time of the recording of this podcast, which I always like to say, uh, there isn't really any major things going on or developments when it comes to Razorback basketball or baseball. So we'll wait. Uh, probably means that as soon as I get done recording this podcast, something explosive is going to happen, and then we're going to have to figure out a way uh, to end up talking about it. But either way, I I really love this time of year for baseball and for the weather and for golf. I just got done playing in a buzz golf tournament uh, here in Little Rock. It's just, it's just fun at this point in time. And uh, spring football can be that too. And we'll talk a little bit about the spring game because uh, I feel like there's some points that need to be made on that in particular. But I've noticed that, at least on my YouTube comment section, a lot of times, especially when we bring up uh, spring football, like it gets talked about where people are wondering about wide receivers, they're wondering about defense, they're wondering about coaches, they're wondering about recruiting. Like they, People want to know about all these things going on. But what they don't talk about, or maybe what we don't talk about enough, is K.J. Jefferson. And now, now, stay with me on this. I was discussing this with some friends of mine, and knowing that each and every year, when you go into a particular season, there are things that get talked about, debated all the time. And the quarterback is almost always that case each and every year. But under Sam Pittman, since he's been here, there has not been a debate about who's going to be the starting quarterback. Now, I think that's a great thing. A fantastic thing. I believe that if you're in a case to where you never have to worry about who the starting quarterback is, and everybody is in agreement with that quarterback, whether it's the coaching staff or whether it's the fans, everybody's fine with it, you have a pretty healthy situation. And it's not that this quarterback is the guy by default or just because he's there. He's actually earned the spot and earned the respect. And I go back to 2020 in the COVID year where everyone knew that Felipe Franks was going to be the starting quarterback. Heading into that season, everyone knew. And then the next year, everyone knew KJ Jefferson was going to be the starter. And he's been your starter ever since. And that's a fantastic thing. That's a thing that you cannot take for granted. And Arkansas actually, by and large, at least for the most part in most of their most uh, incredible seasons or their most successful seasons, everyone has been on board with the quarterback. Now, Chad Moore's situation, it, that's like the exception to the rule. You almost have to throw that out because of how ridiculous that whole thing was. So it, let's just erase those years out of our memory, right? And not talk about it because I'm not talking about We need competence at the coaching staff, at least at, at the minimal amount, which Chad Moore's had none. But think about just this century, all right? How many times have you had a legitimate disagreement at the quarterback position or a legitimate quarterback battle where it could go either way, and especially when it was in the spring? 
there may have been occasions here and there, but for the most part, everyone has basically known about it. Uh, I mentioned under Sam Pittman. Go back to under Brett Bielema. He only had two starting quarterbacks. It was Brandon Allen and Austin Allen. And some people may not have liked Brandon Allen at times or Austin Allen at times, but those were the guys. They knew that they were in that role. Everyone else knew that they were in that role. And so you just kind of moved on. And then before that, it was Tyler Wilson. Everyone knew. Everyone was fine. Ryan Mallett, everyone knew. Everyone was fine. You probably have to go back to the Mitch Mustaine, Casey Dick years uh, with Houston Nutt because Houston Nutt didn't really know what to do at quarterback position really at all. Didn't know how to develop it or how to work it or how to coach it or anything like that. But it's been a long time since you've had to worry about it. And now this year, you don't have to worry about it at all with K.J. Jefferson being your guy because I still hold the belief that K.J. Jefferson is the best quarterback in the SEC heading into this season. I believe he has a very underrated skill set that people don't appreciate or don't give him a lot of credit for. But this is going to be a big year, not only for Arkansas, but for K.J. Jefferson. Now we talk about Sam Pittman. We talk about the program. We talk about wins and losses. talk about the schedule. But let's think about what this is going to be and how big of a year this is going to be for K.J. Jefferson himself. He's a veteran. He's a highly experienced SEC bona fide quarterback. There is no more of just, oh, well, let, you know, how, how good is he? Or is he still learning? Is he still? No, 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 no. That's all over with. There's no reason for having any rookie mistakes or any uh, major breakdowns or anything like that. KJ Jefferson has been in the SEC for a long time now. He's played in some of the biggest games against some of the biggest opponents. And he is the dude. He, that, that, so that, all of that's over with. But when you talk about a new offensive coordinator that got introduced in Dan Enos, as well as a new quarterbacks coach, and you know that the offense is returning some key pieces, but also having to replace some key pieces, the question then becomes about K.J. Jefferson is, all right, so what can he do that will take his game to another level? What is he going to do to showcase that he's getting better? He's doing things that uh, not only has he been working on, but be a better quarterback in particular situations. Like, what, what, what are the things that we can see and what he can do to get to that level? We know he's got great athleticism. We know that he, he can, he, he's like a bowling ball. I mean, the dude is just, a, or I should say a wrecking ball. This dude is huge. Uh, he's bigger than most running backs, so not everybody's just going to want to try to take him on one-on-one with a tackle. Uh, we know he's got a, a pretty powerful arm. So what is it that he's going to do? Well, here's my thing, and we, we've talked about it with Enos and just how I really like the way that he develops quarterbacks. Now, I feel like that's going to be something that helps Arkansas more than anything. But what KJ can do is take his game to another level by being a much better decision maker when it comes to deciding when to run, when to pass. An athletic dual threat quarterback is the name of the game for most teams and most schools in the SEC, or at least in major college football. We know that. Like, that, that's something that's just, it's going to be that way. But what, to me, to me, what separates the good ones from the great ones is their decision-making and when to run and when to pass. Now, KJ, I'm not saying he's been bad at that, because I feel like he's had some uh, really big-time moments to, uh, you know, tuck and run or, uh, to stay in the pocket and, and make a great throw. like So I'm not saying he's like terrible at it. I don't think that's the case. But we know that with Dan Enos in the time that he was at Alabama and when he was the uh, OC there and quarterbacks coach and he developed him and you know, got him into positions to where 
uh, like Jalen Hurts, for instance. So look at some of the numbers that he put up when it came to his passing and rushing. They were through the roof. Well, it helps, of course, when you're in Alabama and you got you know, surrounded by five-star talent. But another thing that will take you to that next level and help you out is just picking your spots in the right direction. Now, passing, you don't want to take sacks. You do not want to take sacks, and you don't want to throw interceptions. We all know that. So that's important to make sure you're making the right throws, the right reads, running the plays, guys are getting open. That's the decision-making, obviously, that's important. But what is going to make or break this season, especially offensively, is KJ being smart enough as a decision-maker on when to run and pass because when he runs, he's got to pick that battle and he's got to make sure he's making the right play to keep him from getting hurt. Injuries happen in football. They happen every single year. But we saw last year, they Arkansas had problems, more problems than just one. But think about the games last year when KJ wasn't in, it made a huge difference. I think you're better at the quarterback room in general with having Criswell as your backup or Malachi Singleton or whoever will come in. Like you're a better quarterback room now. So I will give credit to that. But as much as I liked your Colby Criswell and as much as I liked, you know, Malachi Singleton and all that, KJ's your guy and he has to stay healthy. He, and I'm not even talking about healthy enough to play. He's got to be healthy enough to, to succeed. Because even games last year that he played in, you could tell he wasn't, he wasn't there. He was, I wouldn't say he's a detriment, but he, he wasn't helping. He wasn't helping matters at all. So you have to be able to pick your spots wisely. And I think Danny Ennis will help him with that. But at the end of the day, he's the one that's going to have to make that decision. Get out of bounds. Slide whatever it takes. And I hate that for him because he's playing, he's such a physical player that you would love to just see him run over people, which he has done so often, but you got to think about long-term. You got to think about the big picture. You got to be able to keep him healthy. That's to me, what's going to make or break this season and what's going to make him take that next step as a quarterback by knowing when and when not to run, to take a hit, throw the ball out of bounds, whatever it takes, just stay upright, and stay healthy. Because if you have to have a game this year in SEC play, we'll just say that for instance, where you don't have a healthy KJ, and that's nothing against Criswell, but I want KJ playing against Alabama. I want him playing against LSU. I want him playing against Ole Miss and Auburn and AM. Like I want him to, and I want him to be healthy. Because forget all the rest of the stuff. If you don't have a healthy KJ Jefferson, your team is only going to go so far. So he has got to be able to protect himself. A lot of that's on the coaching staff too. But this whole idea of him playing the way that he plays, which we heard about all last year, and that's what Browles wanted him to do in Pittman, I respect it and understand it. But he's got to be able to help and protect himself too because he's also got to get ready for the NFL. So That's what KJ can do for me. Not that he needs to do much for me, but I'd really like to see it. I'd really like to see him improve in that regard there too. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the spring game here in just a second, but uh, folks, I got to tell you about FanDuel. All the grand slams, no hitters, and double plays, all of them are being back. Uh, there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. You, you'll want to take advantage of this. Like Baseball is so much fun to bet on because of how many players, how many teams, how many games, and the different same-game parlays that you can make. 
customize it the way you want it to, and win big. So don't miss your chance to get the no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Now, this was an interesting one because spring game's coming up this Saturday, and I know we'll talk more about it. As we get to that point, we'll have some more to cover and, and discussing it too. But the big conversation that's been going around, at least in SEC football, and it, it's been talked about for a few years, but I feel like it came back into the limelight because of Hugh Freeze, the coach at Auburn, which say what you want about him. Uh, but he was bringing up the fact that Spring games would be so much better and beneficial for many different reasons if these schools, particularly like in this case the SEC, instead of scrimmaging themselves, they were able to scrimmage in-state schools or smaller schools in the state uh, for, for different purposes and however they could schedule it out. And, you know, I started thinking about that because spring game, I don't know how y'all felt, feel or felt, but I actually used to look forward to the spring game. Like, I used to actually look forward to going and seeing the new players and seeing the the standouts or, or the returnees and just to be able to have a little bit of football juice in my system during the spring. And uh, maybe some of you still have that, and that's fine. I just kind of lost that a little bit. Maybe it's because basketball became a lot more relevant at a national level. Maybe it's because baseball became a lot more relevant at the national level. Like Maybe all this stuff is, is just happening during the spring, so it's taking my attention away. But I think also a lot of it, or at least a big part of it to me, is just it doesn't really it doesn't really give you anything. It doesn't give you any entertainment value. If it's just you wanting to see the new players and the, and the new guys, okay. But what's that doing for you, really? It just it just doesn't change your mind. It, it doesn't do anything differently, and. Honestly, I understand that like some of these places try to schedule some other events going on, some concerts, some um, you know, kid zones and things. That's fine. Like I, I'm, again, I'm not hating on that. But there's just not enough there to really energize everybody and get them a very interested. That's within reason, at least, that they can do that. So why did that change? Remember how everybody was talking about spring games, getting as many people as you could in there, 40,000 people in the stands, like how big of a deal that was and promoting it? Well, where did that get lost? Like, where did the excitement and the allure of going to the spring game get lost? I think the repetitive nature of it, uh, the fact that there was no indication of anything, and also with it being on television, or at least streaming on ESPN Plus or SEC Network in most cases, also helped that. So, if you want to make it better, if you at least want to make it a lot more relevant, I believe that Hugh Freeze's idea and philosophy of trying to make, uh, make it great again almost at spring games it you need to be able to have in-state schools schedule out scrimmage so let's look at it in the perspective of arkansas the razorbacks would end up say scrimmaging you could say arkansas state or uca or uapb whoever like just they're, they're scrimmaging they have the game in, in reynolds razorback stadium they have the same setup with fans and all of that would you be more apt to go to a Razorback football spring game 
when it's the Razorbacks playing the Razorbacks, or would you be more apt to go if the Razorbacks were playing UCA or UAPB? Just something I like. I would 100% be more all-in to go if they played an in-state school like that in a scrimmage. It's like, what does it matter? Who cares? It's a practice. Who cares if you look good? Who cares if they look bad? Like, who cares? It's a scrimmage. But it would make me a little bit more alluring to the idea of a spring game because it'd be closer to an actual game from both perspectives. Like, there'd be a little bit more of competitiveness. Because if it's each other going up against each other, at the end of the day, you're both, you know, you're both on the same team. There's chippiness that happens. There's competitiveness there, but not to the same level. And plus, with the smaller schools, it gives them this whole, uh, you know, attention to them that they wouldn't normally get. But it doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't, it doesn't help anybody, at least as far as, um, you know, your conference record and all that. Man, Ken Mitchell knows. Uh, another thing. But, you know, what? So why not? Maybe make some money on it, put some money, uh, you know, some donations to stuff in state. Maybe, you know, get people exposed to other programs in the state that maybe they wouldn't normally be exposed to and call it good. I'm all for that, actually. I, I, I hope that that would be something that maybe they could, whether it's the NCAA or whoever's involved, could be able to make it to, not where it's a rule, but you have the ability to do so. Because I think Sam Pittman would be into it. I think most coaches would be. It, and I know the small schools would 100% be into it. So maybe give it a shot. Maybe give it a shot this upcoming, or not this upcoming year, but when all these conferences continue to realign, give it a shot. Maybe it works out. Maybe it's something that uh, you can sell or make money on or get somebody to be in. I don't know. But I thought it was a cool idea. It'd be nice if they actually did it. But again, if, you're, if you love the spring game the way it is and you're pumped about it, power to you. That is great for you. Do what you need to do. But it just doesn't do the same thing as at all. I'm more just like, all right, well, give me some stats. No one get hurt, most important thing. And we'll just move on from it. But, again, my opinion. Uh, we'll get into the last segment, a good one, here on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast coming up next. So stay with us. You are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, this one's not trying to treat it as a pat on the back for me. It's more of a big thank you to all of you. Uh, I do these every so often, at least in the final segments of some of these podcasts, because I think it's important uh, to relay this message. Not all the time, because then it becomes a little bit of redundant and boring, but I think it's important to at least do it often enough. Uh, this past weekend, I actually reached, and this on this Locked On Razorbacks podcast, 6,000 subs, subscribers on the YouTube page. And I just see that number, and it's absurd to me. Now, maybe some of you don't understand like the, the YouTube side of things, or at least, you know, is that a lot, or is that not a lot, or whatever. But how I look at it as, if I compare it to some of the other podcasts, on the Locked On College Network, who all do a phenomenal job. Each and every one of them do. But if I'm looking at, you know, in comparisons to that, this is, without a doubt, one of the most subscribed to podcasts on YouTube of any other college football team. And at the Locked On Podcast Network, we have podcasts for virtually every Power 5 team. And in some cases, even every, uh, a lot of non-Power 5 teams. 
Like we, we have podcasts for conferences. Like we have podcasts for so many things because it's such a great company and, and such a great network that we're able to do things like that and be able to access that for, for different teams. But this one in particular, this Locked On Razorbacks podcast is one of the top. I think it's maybe, I know it's in for sure in the top five in, subscri- in subscribers on YouTube. Now, I would love to sit here and tell you that it's all because of me and the greatness that I do and the great podcast quality that I give you each and every day, which I try hard. I, I work really hard. I, I really want to make this podcast great. And so I, I try to put in the work. And it's just a matter of, you know, how good it is depends on, you know, how it grows and if people are listening, which obviously I'm doing something right because most of you who listen to the podcast and watch it are sticking around. So whatever we're doing here on this podcast is working. But it's not really about that. I think this is more like I'm not trying to give myself, you know, little to no credit or too much credit, but I think a lot of it has to do with just the fact that Razorback fans are awesome. And I think there's people that are at my podcast network great bosses and great people that know what they're doing, but I don't think they fully grasp or understand the ridiculously insane passion of Razorback fans. I don't think they get it because I cannot tell you how many times I have been in meetings or water coolers or Zooms or whatever, and there have been people that ask me about the podcast or you know try to give me critiques and everything, which I appreciate. So it's not like I'm trying to like, you know, say I, I don't care because I'm always welcoming any sort of criticism. But it's amazing to me that it's just like, hey, you need to, uh, you know, let's go back on the basketball stuff. That's People don't care about basketball as much this year or about, and I'm like, you don't understand. This is, this is different here. They may not care about it that much on, at this school or, or whatever, but here at Arkansas, they do. When I talk about baseball in, in the late spring, early summer, and they're just like, ah, I don't listen to this. I don't watch baseball. I get there's like a very niche audience, but it's not something that's going to get the numbers up. Razorback fans will, will, they'll watch it. They'll care about it. They'll talk about it. They'll listen to it. They want to know about it. And it's amazing to me just to see almost the reactions from some of them, which they don't mean any ill will. They're just, you know, doing what it works and tries to compare it to everybody else. But they're amazed sometimes at just like, they don't understand just how, how does this work? How are, how is the locked on Razorbacks podcast out of Arkansas being one of the most subscribed and most listened to podcasts of any college podcast, uh, college podcast we have on the network. How is that possible? You know, they're not Georgia. They're not Bama. They're not Texas. They're not you know, Ohio state, USC. How are they doing it? Well, a few reasons. One of them is, is not a lot of competition, just to be honest about it. But another thing is, is because it shows that fans really love the Razorbacks. Here in the state of Arkansas and across the world, you all love your Razorbacks. And when you love something, when you love something and you have passion about it, you're always going to fight for it and you're always going to want more. And I think that that's what makes this podcast work. I'm a fan. I uh, I pride myself in that fact. Call me a fanboy or not, but I pride myself in that fact. I'm a hog fan, and I'd like to consider myself pretty plugged in as far as what fans want to talk about. Now, not every podcast is going to hit. Not every podcast is going to give record, not record numbers. It's just the way it is. But it's about knowing fans and knowing what they want to hear. 
and knowing what they love. It's simple to say you love the Razorbacks, but it's quite something else to say, okay, well, how do we take that love and turn it into a conversation or an idea or a podcast that drives the attention and that drives you to listen to it and subscribe and, and be a part of it each and every day? That's what I pride myself on. I love the fact that we all have a similar love and passion for the Razorbacks. And I love that we're able to do this and talk about this every single day. Are you kidding me? I have the best job in the world. I have the best job in the world. And it's, you know, it's just, I'm just a small part of it. Y'all are what drives this. What you want to hear, what you want to listen to, and, and, and watch, and know about, and discuss. It's all about you. And I'm just the mouthpiece of it. So, again, I, I, I appreciate everything that has been given to me and that God has blessed me with so much. And I'll never take it for granted. And I love doing this with, with, with all my being. Like, I love this. I wouldn't do it every day if I did. I love doing this. But it's all because of you and for you. A podcast for the fans, by the fans. So thank you. Seriously. 6,000 subscribers. It's just awesome. It's awesome. And I, I just never ceases to amaze me uh, just how quickly it's grown and how it quickly it continues to grow. I'm, ju I'm just a kid from Fayetteville, man, talking hogs and having fun with it. So uh, can't wait to continue to grow. And who knows? Maybe we'll get to 10,000 this year. Can you imagine? Jeez. It'd be awesome. But it's going to be a lot of fun. And I uh, just wanted to say thank you to all of you. Thank you for subscribing and thank you for listening and you know, thank you for being a part of it, part of it with me. A lot of fun. Even all you people that hate on me too. At least you listen. That's all I'm asking. And appreciate all of you listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play, and of course on YouTube. You can also get after me on Twitter for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have at Buzz John Neighbors. And we'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody.